Hey, everybody, welcome to another edition of the Creative Imbalance Podcast. Like always, I am your host, Sean Siriani, and we got a fun episode for you. Today, we're joined with on the show with pro wrestler, comedian, actor, RJ City. And this one is a lot of laughs. And around all the laughter and randomness, you're also going to get an in-depth look of the art of pro wrestling. RJ is such an awesome vibe. And as excellent as a pro wrestler he is, he is a person who doesn't take it too seriously. And I think that what makes it special. You're going to hear all about his link to his, his finishing move, which is connected to the Golden Girls. He is also the trainer of David Arquette. You may know David from the movie Scream, Eight-Legged Freaks, Ready to Rumble. Used to be married to uh, Monica and Friends. Uh, I went blank. Her name's Courtney Cox. But uh, yeah, he's been training him since his return to pro wrestling. And also breaks down an amazing moment of him being on TMZ for slapping David on the red carpet. And so many things we talked about in this one. I'm not going to break it all down. The episode will speak for itself. And what's extra special about this episode is it is also co-hosted by Pat Maloney. He's a pal of mine. He's a brilliant writer, director, producer, known for a comedy series on Vice called The Game Show. I recommend checking that out. Also done some stuff for Funny or Die. And his own baby in the past, Random at Best. And I think the three of us was just an awesome dynamic in the studio. Uh, Like I said, we had a lot of laughs. And I think you're going to enjoy this one as well, because as this was going on, I kept seeing in the corner of my eye, our producer, Erica, she was cracking up as well. And she's not even like a wrestling fan. So (laughs) even though we dive into some insidey stuff, I think we, we do a good job at explaining wrestling culture and some of the performance aspects of it to somebody who may know nothing about it. And yeah, this one you can laugh and learn. And speaking of Erica, the producer, she is the gatekeeper of TalkShoe, which you guys know it's been my home for the last 10 or 12 episodes and has been really helping me push some momentum for this show in the future. I'm so excited. Lots of people... uh They look to the new year. They're like, oh, 2020 is going to be a big year for me. Well, not even then. Next week and leading up to 2020, we got some banger of episodes. And also, I want to let you know that TalkShoe is presenting an event on Tuesday, November the 26th. And a lot of people lately have been hitting me up about questions about starting their own podcast. And sometimes I can't answer all of your questions, even though I wish I could, and just break down everything I do to make my show happen, but there's many layers to it. And on this night, TalkShoe is presenting a workshop you can go to, and it's going to be an intimate environment, and they're basically going to teach you how to launch a podcast. So if you have an idea, you always thought podcasting would be a great medium for it, I recommend you checking this out. Like I said, it's Tuesday, November the 26th. It's at 6 p.m. at 240 Richmond Street West. The tickets are $50 a person, and you may be thinking, oh, that's a little steep, but think of it this way. This is a total shortcut for you to get your podcast off the ground. Lots of people, they go to school for a couple years for audio. They go to a school for marketing, design, all this different stuff, and as you know, if you follow podcasts, it's like a lot of that stuff integrated in one. This 
cuts out all the extra bullshit, gets right to the meat of what you need to do, and I think it's totally worth the price. And also, and also, I'm going to tell you how to get $10 off of that price, and all you need to do is use the promo discount code TALKSHOE. Instead of 50, it'll be 40 bucks. And some key points they're going to be going over is like the equipment you need, the ideal format, basic editing, how to syndicate and monetize your show, and additional marketing techniques to get your idea off the ground. All right? And to sign up for this workshop, it's at www.whatsyourfree.com. Like I said, use the code TALKSHOE. You get 20% off. And again, that's www.whatsyourfree.com. Tuesday, November 26th, downtown Toronto at 240 Richmond Street West. And that's all I think I got to say for an intro. Just one quick reminder, if you guys are listening to this on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TalkShoe, or any of your favorite podcast listening apps, I want to let you know that each and every one of these shows has its own homepage at www.girthradio.com. On that homepage, you're going to see pictures of me, RJ, and Pat in the studio. Links to all of RJ's social media where you can catch him on the next wrestling card or see when his next comedy shows are. And many other fun things, like he runs a YouTube channel with hilarious blogs and little skits here and there. And also links to my co-host today, Pat's work. I really recommend you checking out his series from Vice Game Show. It'll make you laugh, make you cry, and all that's in between. Alright, so that is that. And without further ado, here's RJ City coming at you right now! Earth Radio in session. I got to do the thing that everyone does on every podcast. I'm like, oh, are we starting? Yeah. Does this mean we're on? And then you're like, yeah, it's just us talking. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, that's great. That you means... told me this was an informal podcast. And I started thinking about like, I don't think I've ever been on a formal one. Yeah, that's true. I don't think I've done NPR yet. Yeah. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Definitely. Definitely. So. And I want to mention we have Pat from Vice, Funny or Die, Random at Best, and a million different things back to co-host this with me. And uh, actually, what's kind of cosmic is like the other week I had Biff Naked on and I posted a picture. Was she sitting in this chair? She was sitting in this your chair. Yeah, this is chair. the Biff Naked chair. Okay. chair. That's all I care about. And <laughs> we ended up talking about uh, her time doing the song on the Ready to Rumble soundtrack. Yes. And she mentioned David Arquette, but Pat hasn't listened to this episode yet. Okay. And I get a message saying, hey, you should interview my buddy RJ. And he sent a picture of you and David Arquette. I'm like, this is so fucking weird. So weird. Yeah. He has a gold album from that, despite not really doing anything on it. It was like, he said they put out that album, because it was all rock and wrestling. They're like, whatever, wrestling fans will consume any stupid thing and then there was like a blink 182 song on the soundtrack that was like 
the only place you could get that single, and it did really ah, well. And they're yeah. like, ah, he did like that's David crazy. did some yelling in the background, and he's like, yeah, I got this gold record. <laughs> that's fucking incredible. So he's he's the WCW World Champion. He's yeah. got a gold record just yes. by like hanging out, and being a cool fucking guy. Stumbling into shit, the David Arquette story. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. But I kind of want to go back in time and hear your story, RJ. Like, uh, uh, where would you like to start? How do you remember uh, when? you first got exposed to pro wrestling no so i don't remember not i don't remember it not existing i was always a fan it was that and and the muppet show and it seemed to be easier to become a wrestler (laughs) yeah yeah uh now looking back on it probably would have had a better shot talking to the jim henson company that would have been the smarter move, I think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, same physical pains. I feel right. like the the puppeteers are hunched over and their hands hurt and things. <laughs> so those things were, and they are. It's that that's the same thing. Wrestling is just the Muppet Show uh, on steroids. Oh, great analogy. <laughs> that's a banger. <laughs> do you remember your first time thinking like this is what I want to do? Um, I just remember getting older, like in in. High school, or like before that, like eighth grade, uh, wrestling was like really popular with everyone, and then uh, everyone kind of grew up, and I'm like, the hell is this? But it, it did not happen for me, and I was like, what? What is going on, guys? And then I was like, oh, maybe that means I should be doing this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which again was, you know, I, I, somebody just asked me like, why? How did you end up being a wrestler? I was like, because I listened to a childhood dream that I probably, you know, should not have listened to. I would disagree. Mm, but dude. this is my thing. Like, when you're a kid, like, look, I'm an idiot. But I, when I was a kid, I was even, I was like 10 times worse. When you're a kid, you want to be a wrestler, a Power Ranger, and like a fire truck. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, and only yeah. one of those has an actual school that can train you to become the thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it comes from that. And now I'm like stuck with it where you're like, oh, wow, this actually became a thing. Great. Yeah, wicked. Um, what was the, the school call that you went to or how did you find out about this? Oh, uh, when I was 14, I my uncle was in Maryland and I wrote, there was a school there that I literally drove by and we started checking that out and I always had contact with that guy in the summers I'd go check that out and then one opened up near me I ran into a wrestler at the gym in Toronto and there was a one in like Newmarket and then there was one at like in Toronto and they all kind of it's very underground yeah yeah you know cuz it's not really a formal school Mm-hmm. There's no uh, degree program, yeah. unfortunately. And it's, it's not like karate where you get a belt system or whatever, black belts. No, or no I mean, all the belts West. are fake. Yeah. You have a belt because some other guy said you can have a belt. Mm-hmm. And when he wants it uh, to be off you, it will be off you, and that's it. <laughs> yeah. None of the belts are real. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's just it's one of those weird things where you're like, oh, okay, I, I dreamed it, and now I did it. And I was like, oh, Wow, I should have dreamed of becoming a doctor or something. <laughs> I would, perhaps would have been better off. Really? You feel that way? Sometimes you're like, oh, well, because it's such a stupid dream. So for it, for it to happen is crazy. And then you're yeah, like, yeah. oh, wow, I could have just dreamed anything. Yeah. I could have been, you know, not that I was dreaming of being a politician or something. I was like, oh, yeah, I guess I could do anything. What's weirder than this? Yeah. The world needs wrestling. What? No, it doesn't <laughs> at all. Talk about a non-essential art. <laughs> but what's incredible too? It's like I noticed. Like I've been watching like a bunch of matches on YouTube, seeing you live a few times, and you're in the position where you are 
in the ring with people you've grown up watching now. That's, yes. That's got to be a trip. Is it something you're used to now, or is it something like... Uh, yeah, the feel- weird thing is that it's, like, not weird anymore. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, Tommy Dreamer j- just texted me something random about Gilligan's Island, and I'm like, yeah, we're And then you don't we're even... now. Yeah, it's not, like, a thing, or, like... Um, the Arquette, I, I really was not a, a, a giant David Arquette fan before yeah. all this business. I was mm-hmm. a fan of like his family and his father and his grandfather and all that stuff. But then it's just like, oh, yeah, we're just whatever. Like, this is normal. And then, but then somehow also makes perfect sense. Like, yeah. I requested this idiocy, I sent it out, and I definitely got it back. Yeah, yeah. You know? Well, it was just cool. so funny. Like, I saw you kind of, like, conversing with him on Instagram, and next thing I know, you're on TMZ slapping him in the face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. how it works. Yeah. How did you guys, like, originally meet? Uh, so his his friend uh, was a, a writer here. His name's Ben Joseph. In, in, uh, he works on a, writes on a bunch of kids' shows, and he uh, always comes to the wrestling shows in Toronto. So he's a fan of mine. And then David was looking to get back into wrestling to tempt fate a second time. And and Ben was like, if you're doing this and like get like hook up with this guy and well, whatever. So he started following me and then we just started hitting it off about old old weird shit on Twitter. And then I was like, you know what? Uh, let's see if he's in the mood to whatever. So I made a video calling him out. Yeah. And I don't think he was quite ready for it. Oh, okay. So it turned into this thing, and then his sister got involved. Like, within, the, within like, two or three days, she was tweeting me, and I was like, oh, my God, do they think this is real? And the answer is kind of. <laughs> um, and then we ended up meeting uh, WrestleMania weekend in New Orleans, and, and then we became um, the best of friends and the worst of, of enemies at the same time. Yeah. So you would say he's like your main rival as like Tommy Dreamer, Raven. It's you and uh, it's David more, Arquette. It's, it's more like um, Charles Grodin and Martin Short and Clifford. <laughs> I think that's a he's the guy who won't go away. He's he's just constantly really the bane of my existence. That's amazing. <laughs> and when, when I say Bane, I mean, you know, perhaps Conrad Bane, who was on the wonderful Difference Strokes. Not Batman Bane. Not Batman Bane. No, he's not. He doesn't have the, the mass. All right. Yeah. All right. But, uh, yeah, and it's, uh, I also want to go a little bit more back in time to, like, to yeah, you finding these wrestling schools. And do you remember your first day? Um, walking in there and just being like, I want to do this. And just like, very much remember the smells are very distinct. I can't yeah. tell you what it was, but if I smell it, I'd be like, that is the smell. Yeah. And just being uh, terrified because uh, at some, some part in your brain when you're a kid do, does not recognize that wrestlers are real people. Mm-hmm. You know, and then you're like, "Oh no, there! This is this is real. Somehow, much much less fake than I was anticipating." And then I wonder why we didn't make it more fake. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that would have yeah. been like a good idea. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It was just I just remember it being weird. It was like joining the I don't know the Freemasons. What is that weird group of Illuminati? People? The yeah. Illuminati, but like. The Illuminati, if they didn't do anything powerful or helpful, <laughs> they just did a bunch of weird shit. But they're very intimidating about it. Yeah, it's it's facts too. Um, I actually had a period in my life when I was uh, sixteen. I trained in wrestling for one year. Oh, where at uh, 
Niagara Falls, Canada. The, the league was called Neo yes. Spirit. Yes, tell Road. me the people. I know the there people. Was, uh, Derek Wild. Derek Wild. Sean uh, Spears. Sean Spears. Uh, uh, Tiberia. JT Player. Yeah. JT. Holy shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, there's like so many people like kind of went through like Angelina Love. Yes. And, like all those, that squad. But uh, it just, like yourself too, I had that obsession and I wanted to take it to another level. And it was such a eye-opening experience. And I think that experience, like that one year, made me respect wrestling for life. Too, but why, was, why did it die for you? Why uh, did you go? So mm. I got injured. Yes. And uh, also I was lying to my parents, telling them it was fake. And I was coming home with like maybe a broken hand or right. chop marks all over me. Yeah. And it's just like life influence outside of me was yeah. also telling me it was a bad idea. Right. So I also, very long story short, I didn't want to quit without doing one match. Fair enough. And uh, so I healed my hand and they were doing this uh, Canada Day Battle Royal in Niagara Falls. And uh, so I did that. And actually speaking of Tommy Dreamer... Um, I was such a mark for Tommy Dreamer, and he was probably the reason, like, who inspired me to go to wrestling school because yeah. I wanted to tell stories like him in the ring yeah, and shit yeah, like yeah. that. But I was so small, everybody wanted me to be like a cruiserweight, and they're like, "Yo, tidy kid, jump off the top rope." Right. I'm like, "Oh, I don't <laughs> want to do that." And why I'm getting hurt and shit? I had no build. Yes, but that's a that's another pathway. But uh, so I uh, ended up wearing the league shirt. Black cargos, taped wrist, just like Tommy Dreamer. And I walked in there, and like a lot of the guys, uh, I don't think they would have let me in the Battle Royal if they knew that was going to be my last day. Right. And uh, they were like, what are you, like a bootleg Tommy Dreamer? And I just kind of smiled. <laughs> I'm, yes, like, actually, I'm like, this is my tribute. Yes, so, um, was that your like persona? Um, yeah, I just yeah. wanted to like kind of pay homage. I knew it was going to be like the one and done thing. Yeah, and I even remember in the match, I wanted to get my buddy over who was like upper card. Yeah, and uh, his name was Lazarus. I don't yes, know. Yes, remember that, him. I mean those are old old names that were wrestling before I started. But I, yeah, I know them. I I will say Tommy. You know, set a really bad precedent for wrestlers wearing casual clothing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was just kind of like spiraled from him too. And yeah, like, yeah. But uh, would have yeah. been cool if you went as like Tommy Creamer. Like, <laughs> that was your whole thing. Yeah, yeah, and um, yeah, just basically, I I whispered to Laz, I'm like, just throw me in the corner and start chopping the shit out of me, and I just like took a bunch of bumps from him, got eliminated, and that's my career. And then for some reason, a hardcore <laughs> match started spilling out outside, sure. and I was getting like thrown into like the back of like a truck, and like it was. I think that was just a regular night in Niagara Falls. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you've you don't been there. Know yeah. What's what? I always like love driving into a town and being like driving like in Oshawa and like seeing a guy on the sidewalk and I'm like, there's a good chance like that's the person I'm wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also, in that match was like Sean Spears and everybody too. So I, as a joke with me and my buddies, I'm like when they're talking about like wrestle facts and stuff, I'm like, Oh, as somebody who went toe to toe with Sean Spears or Ty Dillinger. And I just like dropped some shit, even though we didn't even like lock up. In that <laughs> match. But um, what was your first match? Like, uh, what RJ? was my first match? Like, I don't, um, it was, we, I just remember doing exactly what we had discussed and practice. Like, I just remember not being able to think. I'm like, let's just get through this. Mm -hmm. What we did. And it's similar to, to 
acting or doing stand up, like it's the same curve of like, uh, these are my lines. Yeah. Like I wrote these and this is what I can do. And you like nobody mess with me because it'll throw me off and I won't be able to get back on. So let's just focus. And then like after a couple matches, you can start breathing a little and thinking and doing different things and saying stuff to people like, let's try this, let's try that. And like now, I mean, especially, I mean, I, I like to plan stuff because I like it to do certain weird things, but like for doing a promo, like last time I was in Greektown, I did a promo with another guy and we didn't even discuss it at all. <laughs> just I improv? just looked at him and I'm like, dude, it was like a minute away and I was like, well, are we gonna, he's like, well, <laughs> we'll just, and I'm like, okay. And then it was fine. Like, yeah. I'm there. I can think like I'm a human being. Yeah, I yeah. live and breathe. Um, and then people heckle, and then you argue with them, and it looks like it was planned. That's so sick. That's great that you got like so comfy like that. Yeah, I also it's, think it's super funny that you try and like do this heel persona, but the crowd loves you so much. I was at this like random wrestling event, and someone was like revealing their guest tag partner, and everyone was chanting RJ City, and it was some other dude, and like. The disappointment in the air was like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. amazing. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm. I there are very few uh, uh, bad guys of this milieu. Not that I really want to say I'm a bad guy at this point. I'm just more of a weird person. Mm -hmm. But um, um, certainly a cheap person who likes to take the easy way out. I enjoy doing that. It's fun. And then uh, I think people just like enjoy things they recognize and continue just the same way that you would like a bad guy on a, on a TV show. Like there's nothing redeemable about the penguin. Yeah. Batman, like at all. But then you're like, he's oh, kind of hot. I like him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But then if he's not there, you're like, ah. Yeah. <laughs> but you, you, you enjoy the story of the good guy, bad guy. So then to not have that bad guy there you're like uh, i don't really like this good guy yeah, yeah yeah and you also mentioned stand-up comedy which yes. you recently did with dalton castle of all people yeah i actually did the week before i opened up for mick foley in buffalo oh sick which yeah. is nice uh and fun and adorable uh which is a good warm-up so but yeah me and dalton wrestled on the sunday and then the monday we did a comedy show together which is the first one we've like done, done like a full show. Yeah, yeah. And we were like, "Oh, is this gonna go well?" And similarly, we uh, uh, we are kind of the same in one sense, and the other sense, we're different. He like got up and did a lot of. He didn't really plan too much stuff. He did a lot of storytelling, like personal stuff, and my stuff was just like not remotely personal. <laughs> yeah, at all. Like, I saw a little clip of you like calling a match in a way, or like. Oh, that's a that's just like that a YouTube one? videos. I'm oh, okay, out. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, the idea being that I would work out my matches on stage. Yeah, yeah, it's funny. Um, but no, I, I do just stuff that's like, and I go very fast, like I cram in a lot of jokes and we're like, it's just funny how we had like different styles. Yeah, you know? it's cool. Are you going to do more of that too? Yeah, 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 I do it. I mean, I go to like a comedy bar all the time and Bad Dog and a bunch of different shows there. And then, uh, yeah, I'm working on a couple of other dumb things. Arquette and I uh, do this show sometimes where it's me and him on stage and I just basically go through his IMDb and like just roast his career. <laughs> um, Eight-legged freaks, baby. So weird. <laughs> so weird. It's such an odd uh, trajectory. Uh, but fun. Am yeah. I wrong to think Arquette uh, just voiced a skateboarding dog recently? Is that the? Oh God, that's possible. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't put it past. He's him. the greatest. Yeah. 
And in many ways, he's a skateboarding dog in life. You know, you don't question it. You go, this is strange. I don't know why it's happening, but here it is, and the dog's enjoying it. Yeah, yeah. And also, it's cool how you kind of add that humorous approach to your wrestling as well. Like, you, your gimmick's kind of, like, attached to the Golden Girls, am I right? Yeah, I mean... Uh, um, yeah, where did this gimmick come from? I, ha- I, I am a big fan of B. Arthur, mm-hmm. and I had this move that I did, and I liked it. And I put it up, and I was like, well, what do we call it? And someone suggested Knee Arthur, and I was like, that's a good idea. (laughs) So that became that, and I was like, well, what if I make it a thing? And I'm like, well, what if I have a picture of her face, and then I'll do a thing where I, like, make a big deal out of it and, like, pull my knee pad down, and, like, what? Like, here it is. And it's like, certainly when you stop worrying about being cool is when you become, yeah, I would say, more successful, and you start enjoying yourself more. Oh yeah. Um, so it was like, let's just go this this you know horrible horrible direction. <laughs> and I don't even like I don't even think I'm a humor like I just wrestling is is dumb. Like so the humor isn't just pointing out what we're already doing. Yeah, like, yeah. What are we doing? Do you ever here? get in shit for like not taking it as seriously as everyone else? Like has anyone ever like yeah like, yeah. yeah 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 because well because some people take it too seriously. Like <laughs> hey, it's not real. Certainly yeah. on uh, Twitter people certain people will tweet about things but i tweet about things too so like whatever i'm happy to argue and then um people who have we have like totally different styles when we wrestle it works right because it's a little bit of everything and that's what you need i don't want to wrestle another like funny guy or whatever you know it's such a good thing going with psycho mike yeah i mean well psych me and psycho mike we're a team Right. Um, and, and again, a very begrudging team, odd couple tag team. And uh, yeah, you want the differences. Absolutely. And especially on the show, when, when it's all the guys like, just like when you go to the circus, like if, if it's just acrobats, it's like, oh my God. You need, like, if this, the fact that the Cirque du Soleil has like world class acrobats and are still smart enough. To always have clowns mm. and every show they do should tell everyone that's very much needed in life and on the show and it helps make the other stuff more exciting absolutely you that's know? an amazing way to look at it yeah i agree too and uh i like i've been uh watching AEW since it came out as well and purposely uh, not because I agree with all his opinions, but as entertainment, the day after, I'll always listen to Jim Cornette's podcast too, yeah. and he thinks otherwise, like almost like black and white. He, like he yeah. he uh, he doesn't. That's a gimmick for his podcast, yeah. and, I've told, and him, I've told him as much on Twitter, mm-hmm. and uh, he did not have kind things to say to me, and I didn't have <laughs> kind things to say to him, and I feel like i won the the twitter war quite handily good because <laughs> uh, he made an, an analogy about theater that was just incorrect he's preaching to people who have never been to the theater that's why he's able to get away with whatever he's getting away with <laughs> but whatever uh you know good luck in life uh i'm on my way to npr do you know what i'm yeah. saying yeah yeah is Cornette going on npr i don't think so i don't think so no, no. this is an he doesn't know territory how to, baby like, i doesn't know how to talk like this <laughs> yeah. can't be you know how many wrestlers yell into the microphone you know how many wrestlers don't understand the uh, electronic function of a microphone and that it will amplify your voice oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. So you can actually speak uh, you know less loud it's Not this brand more. new technology everyone's still They've trying to figure never, it out. They're like, oh, so I just yell into this? No, no, you speak quietly. <laughs> so many people sometimes after shows will come up and say, 
hey, I just wanted to tell you, you're the only person that I could understand on the microphone. I'm like, <laughs> wow, this yeah. is bad. Yeah, For someone yeah. to go to their way to tell you that too. Yeah. Like, yeah. And it just sounds like everyone comes out and cuts a promo and sounds like a screamo band. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't hear it at all. Speak eloquently. These people can hear you. Yeah. It's all calm down. Well, it seems like uh, compared to a lot of people, you put a lot of practice in it. You do a lot of like vlogs. You do a lot of interviews. I've seen a bunch with uh, Alicia who's been on the show. As yes. Well, and, like, Alicia has me on because she really doesn't need to do anything. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I noticed. She just says one thing and then I just try to destroy her her. <laughs> Every fiber of her being. Yeah, the the interview with Dalton was amazing. By that the way, was you could... fun, and it's twelve o'clock at night. We're waiting to get paid. We're starving. She's like, "Do you want to do it now?" And I'm like, "Sure." <laughs> and you know, to her credit, she she sticks out the abuse for like thirty minutes. It was a long. Oh run. yeah, she kind of understands like the humor and everything. God, really I would she, hope so. Yeah, yeah. If she took it personally. Yeah. I don't think she'd continue to do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> But no, no, shout out to her, too. And she's been killing it, too. And I kind of like that that vibe where it's like half in gimmick and half like reality. There, like here's another uh, excellent Tommy Dreamer quote. He said to me that my gimmick is me with the volume turned down. So I guess the I guess the answer is there isn't a gimmick. And the more I realize it and, and, and another friend of mine, Nug, who he does a lot of ring announcing. He's a comedian. He's on Aftermath. Oh, okay, uh, the show yeah, cool. that comes on after Raw, he said, uh, the best part about me is that uh, people think it's an act. Uh, so I can come out and say, you know, the lighting in this building is horrible. And they're like, yeah. ooh, great routine. I'm like, yeah, but the lighting in the <laughs> building is horrible. Sucks. Like, what is wrong with you guys? <laughs> just dropping truth bombs. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just like to uh, point things out. Yeah. You know, I, they, uh, you know, not that everything's real, but I would say, generally speaking, Everything comes from a from a real place. Mm-hmm. We kind of you mentioned know. it uh, briefly, but now that AEW is kind of giving WWE a run for its money, what do you think of like the current state of mainstream wrestling? Uh, I don't think mainstream wrestling exists. I think wrestling always wants to be mainstream. My other uh, to get very cultural on everyone is that I don't even think mainstream exists in anything anymore. Period. Yeah. <laughs> Like technologically, culturally, like everything is like a niche and you can find your own little like can go do a podcast about butterflies. Like, yeah. hey, like that will never be mainstream. It's fun. It's, and that's OK. It's like so I'm like, why is everyone worried about like mainstream? Like everything is fractured. Everything is divided. Like I do a show in Ohio called Old Wrestling and it's wrestling from the early 1900s and they film everything and put like a sepia tone over it and they do it in like a bar. <laughs> like sick. This is like niche. Everything is an acquired taste. I don't want to be McDonald's. I don't want to be Walmart. So like let's enjoy whatever craft brew we're making here, you know? Yeah. yeah. Fuck yeah. That's awesome. So yeah. everyone wants to say, oh, wrestling's the big wrestling boom. I'm like, yeah. by definition, <laughs> wrestling is just not a thing. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. To be enjoyed by everyone. Absolutely not. And if sometimes people are very, very tight in the wrestling bubble. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, we did this and we blah, 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 blah. And it's like, if you step outside that and, you know, Pat, like being in TV and yeah. talking to people, they're like, what? What is wrestling? <laughs> no, like you don't realize like there's people who don't know it at all. Yeah. At all. And also just really don't like it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, pitching wrestling stuff like wrestling TV ideas. People are just like, no, I don't want to have to do that's like cockfighting. And it kind of is. But, um, there, you know, so it's mm-hmm. just, it's not, uh, whatever. The concept needs to be elevated 
I think, a little more. Yeah. Oh, pitching wrestling stuff is always such a nightmare. It's the worst. And people are like, oh, it's a, it's a great idea, but does it have to be wrestling? And it's like, what do you... Yeah. This, <laughs> yeah, is, this yeah. is what it's based around. But which tells you the, the reputation of wrestling, and they can't... You know, they really see, like, the mindless violence out front, and then... Because that's really, I think, what most people just see. The first thing they see about wrestling is, like, a guy jumping off a thing. Yeah, yeah. Or just, like, those uh, little, like, meme, like... 10 second clips of like maybe Janela like falling off a rooftop and stuff. Right. Those are the things yeah. that go viral yeah. and everything. Yeah. Which is fine and yeah. good. But, and even him, like there's obviously way more to that person. Yeah. 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 Um, which would be interesting. And if we could sell those deeper things better, perhaps it would be, you know, have a better shot at making more fans. Yeah. Definitely. I think, Pat, um, like your team at Vice has been doing like, a cool like thing with like different wrestling documentaries. There's like. um yeah, I haven't been with Vice for a little bit, but I know that the Dark Side of the Ring yeah. is one of the best shows they've ever done. I was asked to be Brett in the Brett. So I can't do no any way. of those shows because I'm, I'm yeah, because I'm, yeah. I'm Actra and they so I can't I was asked to be that on the first season and two weeks ago or three weeks ago some guy just asked me if I wanted to be Eddie Guerrero. No next way. Season. I, was like, hey. I was like, no, but like, thank you. That's yeah. really sweet of you. <laughs> yeah, that's that's like a honor legends. to be asked. That. That's, <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. Were you a big uh, Guerrero guy growing up? Or? Who, no, who and not to say I don't yeah, like yeah, him. Yeah. But like, uh, no. Um, the guys who I was like really big about were like Roddy Piper, mm-hmm. uh, Bobby Heenan, both very funny, both like not a surprise to me now. Yeah. Liking yeah. those people. Um I also like going back and realizing, like, oh, like, wow, the big boss man was good. He wasn't just a fat guy. He's yeah. like, the guy knew it, like, really, really knew what he was doing. And you don't, you don't realize it. Yeah. Stuff like that. Especially um, when he interrupted Big Show's dad's funeral. Yeah. That segment actually, like, as a kid, made me furious. And then I look back at it and I can't stop laughing. Yeah, they Big Show's you, wearing yeah. leather pants to his dad's funeral. It's, there's a lot of, like, you got to pause this and just ask yeah. what the deal was. It's so obviously fake. And at the time, I, I was completely convinced that he did that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was mad. It's so weird. And then once you're on the inside, now you just think every single thing you see is, is fake. Yeah. Does it spill out to like normal real life things? Yeah, as well? I think yeah. every like everything that's captured on camera, I'm like, it's probably not real. Mm-hmm. Every every single thing, and it's now I guess you know I'll have to deal with that in my life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But certainly, I don't know politics or fake celebrity. I mean, look, I slapped David Arquette on the red carpet, and then the next morning we're on TMZ, and I was like, oh. I get how this works. Mm, like, oh, yeah. I was correct. Yeah, yeah. This is all bullshit. And then people come up to me. I had a um, someone I worked for at CBC after I got on TMZ saying like, hey, that's great. Really proud of you getting on, on TMZ. I'm like, no. Like, I slapped a man. Like, you should be proud. <laughs> like, this is success to you? Yeah, what yeah. about the 20 things I pitched you? The well-worded things. I had to just slap a guy? And you're like, great job. Okay. <laughs> yeah. What's going on? <laughs> Why do people believe this is real? You really took the initiative, man. Dear Lord. (laughs) That's fucking amazing. Um, You got me thinking back to the training days, too. And I think another thing I respect about uh, wrestling, too, is like 
I think people on the outside don't realize how much of like almost an unspoken language it is with the movements and everything. It's almost like you can learn basics and you can meet people who don't even like speak English and know how to work a match. There's like a certain way to lock up. Yeah. And, like, I mean, yeah, it's wrestling uh, Mexican people or Japanese people. It's like we can only speak wrestling. <laughs> Otherwise, they can't speak to me at all. Yeah, yeah. And then like we'll figure it out. Or I get into a situation where like I'm late to a show and I literally have 10 minutes and I have to now go have a match with a guy who I've never even met before. I'm like, God, I pray this guy understands. And it's like, it's an odd analogy, but like, it's like the first time you make out with somebody mm-hmm. and you get, you get to know they're like, oh, you do that shit. Okay. And then you get their vibe. And then, you know, I would assume on the second date, you make out again and it's much better. You're like, cause you're ready for that person's yeah, deal. Yeah. So many people, I don't have the chance to wrestle again. So like first matches will be awkward, a little awkward because people have different timing and whatever. And then you're like, oh, I wish we could do this again. It would be so much better. But usually like if you're in a time crunch, you got to be like, what are the things you do? Yeah, and they'll say like yeah. this, this, this. And I'm like, okay, this is what I do. And then how does that, you know, come together? And then when you do get to wrestle a person like 10 times or whatever, you're like, well, this is great. We don't really need to talk because yeah, like, you know yeah. where I'm going. I know where you're going. And then we'll just whatever figure out different combinations yeah it's cool and i think like every great feud has that chemistry too it's yeah you know like repetitive matches like over years seeing rock and stone cold which is two guys punching each other yeah yeah (laughs) but they they know like like the angle it's gonna come at and just like how to like almost speak to each other without saying words at all or very little in a way it's it's always fascinated me yeah shit like that very I was, and this is not a word. I was going to say chemistrational in the sense that it's almost like you know romance, like these two guys like vibing. Yeah, They're yeah. Like, Ooh, okay. Yeah. You know, is there a certain person in the wrestling universe who you vibe with the most? Or? Um, I would uh, certainly at this point in time say Arquette, considering we wrestled and then we teamed, mm-hmm. and when we teamed, we just it was just like. There's nothing else on the show like that in the sense that, like, I'm, I'm like, an angry dad and I'm yelling at my 47-year-old son. Like, it's just these two guys doing, like, you know, an Abbott and Costello routine, which is almost, which is also kind of real because you know he's learning about wrestling and I'm, I am disgruntled to have to teach him things. So, uh, yeah, it's like learning the lines of, like, reality. Well, and that's where it came from. Like, yeah. you don't know how to wrestle, so, like, let's not pretend you know how to wrestle. And he, right. he does do shit all the time. He's late <laughs> to shit or, like, sorry, I missed this thing. And he'll, like, let's do a show. And then he'll cancel and I'll get pissed. And it's like, this is, you know, what it is. Yeah. It's not, it's not um, something that needs to be forced, mm-hmm. certainly. Um, I, I would say him, Psycho Mike. Who you mentioned? Yeah. yeah, he's fantastic. By the way, if people haven't heard of him, but... uh, we just got got on the same page and just really, really enjoyed working with each other. Dalton, I enjoy working with a lot, and um, I had a lot of fun with Joey Ryan last cool, two cool. times we wrestled. Um, and it was easy. You just know the person, and you're like, "We'll do this. We'll do this," and then like, let's just enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. And he's like uh, one of those other controversial quote unquote guys yeah. here and there, where people love him or they hate him. And another guy who's uh, very smart and very talented, but of course, the echo of his penis is perhaps the loudest. <laughs> yeah, his penis <laughs> right? is the gimmick, right? Yeah. yeah so, <laughs> and it's just again like the people just see like those little like ten second clips and think that's all. Which is the about, way yeah. our universe operates. Yeah, you know. Yeah, 
Actually, one of my favorite promos I've seen live, it was at a, a Smash show a year ago, and it was off camera, but Joey Ryan uh, wrestled uh, Allie and uh, another lady, I forget her name, but uh, it was a triple threat match. The match ended up being the girls against him, and the, it was turned into a big routine where they're just like, don't touch his dick, and he's like, touch the dick, and they're like, no, no. And then, uh, <laughs> so after... Can we just pause that for one second? Yeah, yeah. There was another person here who I assume is not familiar with any of this. Yeah. Think about how that's coming off. Yes, yes. Think about how that's and like how hard it is to like sell that. You, hey, do you want to come see the show where this guy's yelling, "Touch my dick"? It's crazy. It's insane. I'm intrigued. You're intrigued. I am. Right. Yeah. It's a it is a hard <laughs> sell to sell the uh, art and enjoyment behind it. It yeah. sounds insane. And yeah. I'm not. This has nothing to do with Joey. I'm just saying like. Selling that yeah. or saying like, oh yeah, it's Dreamer and Raven, and he hit him over the head with a chair, and he was knocked out, and this this woman is like, I do not want to go to this. Yeah, yeah, it's like I want to see the you got to see it. Yeah. It's like the the vibe or whatever. Yeah, but um, it needs the... a slight repackaging. Yes, yes definitely. But... Back to your assorted penis tail. <laughs> yeah, but then so the match is over. Um, this wasn't planned or whatever. He grabbed the mic and uh, just kind of broke his character yeah. and just talked to the whole audience. And, uh, yeah, it totally gave me goosebumps, was just, like, kind of real about the whole situation and was just uh, basically thanking the ladies in wrestling who gave him this career, allowing him to do this gimmick and, like, just kind of just said if it wasn't for for people who are, like, good sports like that, I wouldn't have. I wouldn't be like living my dream and stuff yeah. like that. And just was, it was like, I'm butchering what he said, yeah, yeah, yeah. but it was just so real and like fucking awesome. Like it, oh, it's one it of almost brought things. like tears to people's eyes. It's just, I like, like yeah. how he does that speech after he's trying to convince people to touch his dick. <laughs> yeah. But and that's that, the thing. That's, that's like so great about it. Extra layer of stuff <laughs> behind it. And it's the thing that like you do realize you're like, Oh, this is very much. A team effort. Yes, as much yeah, as yeah. I work on myself, like oh, I just I just turned on somebody, uh, a guy I was teaming with in Greek Town. I just turned on him and whatever, and and I turned on him. I hit him with a DDT, and I uh, I was not playing. I got up and I just spit on his back. It was gross. <laughs> it's gross. It's gross. <laughs> he's cool. I know he's cool with it because I yeah. know him. But like, yeah, it's gross and it's a dick move and whatever. Yeah, yeah. And then later in the show, he came back and like just ran out and started punching me, and like people were going crazy. And like, had I not done the horrible thing I did, his revenge wouldn't have worked. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. So it is is that it's that yin and yang of spitting on people's backs uh, that <laughs> makes wrestling work. There's yeah, so right? many quotables in this. Yeah, episode. yeah. <laughs> just gotta we gotta get Erica to clip these out of context oh, I and can't like wait. yeah. <laughs> you can also clip them in context. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's good to know. You know, spitting on someone else's back is basically the trust fall of wrestling. Yeah, <laughs> I spit. I spit at. John Katucci once. Do you know him from You Gotta Eat Here? Uh, oh, that show? No, I don't, yeah. think, I, I don't think I've seen it. I've seen there, it. Yeah. yeah, I'm a food uh, network guy. He was at a show, and, and he was sitting in the back row or something, and he was going to come in, and I was going to say something to him, and he was going to just run in and hit me. And I said, <laughs> I'll, whatever. And there's some part in the match, and I'll, I'll look over at you, and like you'll know. And then we're like doing whatever, and I look over, and there's something about wrestling a match when you're in the match, the, I guess the sweat, the spit, the whatever, like holds well where now you can really launch it if i spat now it would not have the same effect <laughs> it was just like a, 
it was a perfect like lob and i was like i was like that was cool of me <laughs> and then it's one of those things where i was like oh my god you spit at that guy <laughs> <laughs> but you do have to know if you want to if you want to piss people off you have to know uh where their boundaries are you yeah, have yeah. to know what is the right thing to do to be able to understand what is the wrong thing to do right you know mm. what i mean so um I don't. I, I'm. I'm just trying to justify myself. Spinning. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let's just say there's an art to God, it. You yeah. know, there's layers. There's there's a, a, uh, I. I don't even know. And there's a debate of wrestling. Is like, is it art? It's like well, it depends what your definition of art is. It's certainly artistic. Yeah. In the sense that this is a certain way to do something. You know what I mean? Like oil painting. You've got certain rules. Like wrestling has certain rules, and then you can perform within it. It's certainly not a sport. That I can tell you. Yeah. It's more of a theater. Yeah, yeah, you know, whatever. I mean, uh, it's physical, but so is uh, watching stomp. <laughs> you know, Hell they yeah. have knee pads too, banging garbage can lids. <laughs> oh, it is your show. You should get someone from stomp in here. Fuck yeah! <laughs> <laughs> they just don't speak. They're just like fucking hitting a yes. fucking tin can. <laughs> just Morris code. He yeah. stayed outside and he had drumsticks and he was drumming on the wall. What a fascinating it man! It was my highest rated episode. <laughs> People love stomp. <laughs> I forgot about that. Let's all take a minute and look up Stomp. Hope they're doing okay. Yeah. I'm sure they have to be. There has to be some iteration of them that are still performing. I mean, if you guys aren't busy after this, we could probably figure it out on our own. Maybe start our own Stomp band. Yeah, but they were so good. We can, they were you so know, hip. Yeah, yeah. Give us a week. Yeah, they had a lot of scaffolding. I'm optimistic. Though. I just yeah. don't think we have the materials. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Very industrial. Yeah, Stomp's like the Backstreet Boys, and we'd be like O Town or one of those okay like watered that. down versions of O Town. <laughs> had a real parody vibe going too. Yeah, they knew they were like, we're not that good, so we'll sing about ejaculation. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, wasn't O Town the <laughs> the one about the song about uh, like jizzing drinks. your pants yeah. in your sleep? Yeah. yeah, I'll tell you who doesn't get the credit they deserve is B44. Oh, oh yeah, oh, boys, wow. baby, Dan and. And then there was one guy who had like just a uh, an ethnic name that I wasn't ready for. It was like Icelandic or something. Bjorn. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was like Dan, Dave, and like Slavosh, and you're like, what? I was like, <laughs> just keep the vibe, guys. Yeah, yeah. It's not clear on what we're doing here. Slavosh, the notorious enforcer of B44. Yes. Uh, <laughs> the and gun. I did also hear S Club Seven. It might come back. Yeah, I think Damn. there's only three of them now. Though. Oh, well, I'll. So it's just called S Club. Yes. I'll tell you something else. Do you know what the S and S Club stands for? No. Anyone? No. Nobody. It stands for the band's manager, Simon Fuller. Are you So it is me? the Simon Fuller Club 7. Oh. <laughs> Talk about, you know, everything in the world being fake. There you go. There ain't no party like a Simon Fuller Club party. <laughs> that's, that's pretty bad. <laughs> Stamp it down. Yeah. Oh, man. It's a shame. I used to like that song too. No, it's, ah, it's a good song. Ruined. I mean, I look, he knows like how to it. manage a band. I just, you know, every time I say S, I'm saying Simon Fuller. It makes me feel gross. Mm-hmm. They don't have uh, those like boy and girl bands anymore. Remember, like the Pussycat Dolls, and then they had all these spinoff uh, reality series of Girlicious. Yeah, and they had this one lady who was just like the pimp of them. Uh, I forget her name, but she just like just audition. All the and it was all like just like on image. It didn't matter. No, sing or whatever. It's Never just like, Yeah, you're just gonna lip sync. Once and, they uh, know you have a dream, they'll figure out how to exploit it. They were like, yeah. we can't make that much money off your record, so we're gonna just film you guys <laughs> rehearsing your yeah. wonderful yeah. routine, and we'll consider that uh, the show. 
you guys ever see the Brett Michaels reality show where he's trying to find love? But wasn't it like Rock of Love? That's the one. That's the one. And, and then I... the second season's on a bus. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it was the the Flavor Flav one was I remember being like the first one. That was a big deal. Flavor of Love. Yeah. Mm. Excuse me. I don't want to malign that show. And then uh, didn't Tila Tequila come from that show? Or am I crazy? She I had her MySpace, own. right? But she I ha- feel like she was a contestant first on one of those shows. And then they were oh, like, maybe. wow, you're nuts. And like, you'll drink and do anything. Yeah. Well, let's give you your own show. <laughs> and then ev- all the contestants on that show are like, maybe I can get my own show. And then you're like, oh, God, no wonder nothing is mainstream anymore. Yeah. <laughs> People just want this little Russian doll of... Sh- of People who don't want to pay writers and, and directors, unions and whatever. Yeah, like, yeah. We'll just set up the cameras and get these people drunk. It's reality. Reality now means not very good. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, is this a documentary? No, it's just a not very good movie. Yeah. Yeah. I even know some people who direct it, or not direct it, but like cam ops on those type of shows too. And they'll film like a few days and then just the editors will like take little sound bites and put things like out of context yeah, of and course. make yeah, like stories and like yeah. the nicest people will look like evil like fucking monsters. Yeah. And because it's yeah. as per my thesis, nothing uh, on camera is real. Yeah, I, I think that's the moral of this episode. Not, don't believe yes. anything. <laughs> don't disregard this entire podcast yeah. when we're done. If you take anything away from this is that we've been working on this for months. Mm-hmm. You sent me the script. Yes. I made some notes. I took it to my team. And here we are. And, you know, obviously we'll, this will be edited in post uh, once my manager has time to review it. Yeah. Yeah. Solid. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I want to let people know if they're listening to this on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and TalkShoe, and all of your favorite podcast listening apps, that each one of these episodes has its own homepage at www.girthradio.com, and you'll be able to see links to all of RJ's work, matches. You're yes. going to see some pictures of him in the studio, uh, his YouTube channel, and anything we talk about today. My vast body of work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can see him slapping David Arquette, all that shit. Man. Yeah, it was weird. It was so weird. Yeah, like, yeah. all right, I'm on TMZ. And then like, also, you're like, it feels like it's a thing, but then like nothing happens. Like I certainly don't get paid for it. Mm. It's like you know I slept this guy for free. <laughs> what is the exposure here? Did I get any followers from this? Dear yeah. Lord, did you have anyone like jumping into your like DMs like bitching at you about that or? No, everyone there thought it was real because I just showed up and I whatever. Right. Because what happens is the photographers take photos and then sell it yeah the getty images yeah yeah i just remember he was on the red carpet i remember walking up and people are like uh like who's it and they're like oh we're trying to get pictures and i just remember like if if a bar fight's gonna happen or whatever the air gets tight and heavy yeah Yeah. feel that air and i just remember feeling that from these people because they could sense something was going on Mm -hmm. and i was like all right like that's good we did our job and then the original cast of glow was there the the the, the wrestling original. show yeah, yeah not like yeah. the tv show the original whatever and they all thought it was real i was like what what is wrong with <laughs> you guys should know of all people please <laughs> yeah that's crazy what's yeah. the did the security know you were going to do that too or was i don't uh, there was no i just i walked on we did like a little thing for like 20 seconds and then the second i slapped him i bolted cuz i'm like <laughs> if we stay like cuz if we stay here like what am i going to do put him in a headlock like that's stupid like yeah, i don't want to yeah. start wrestling like 
I was wrestling him, I think, the next day or two days from then or whatever. And it was just like, boom, and then I'm out. I don't want to, whatever. Like, the thing is that I slapped him. Like, that's a cool thing. And then I believe the headline was David Arquette uh, bitch slapped on the red carpet. <laughs> I was like, that's good. And there's a good, there's a good blur motion picture of me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> slapping him. I love how, like, my last, this episode and my last episode, there's just, like, David Arquette talk out of, like, nowhere. This is going to be my new show. It's going to be called Friends of Arquette and, like, just get (laughs) people associated with him. I'll (laughs) I'll tell him that Biff says hi. Yes, yes. She did wish him well. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, that's that's so cool, like, uh, all the things you've been up to. RJ and uh, what what do you got going on next? You always oh, seem like God. a busy guy. Like you got I'm some wrestling. Shows. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm wrestling. To, when does this come out? Nobody knows. Uh, next week. Oh, next week. Yeah. You know, my world will change so much. <laughs> then, uh, yeah, I'm wrestling all the time. Um, so David's documentary, I think, is coming out next year. Cool. Chronicling his journey of failure after failure. Uh, I don't know how or when yet. They're whatever. I don't. I'm not privy. I'm not privy. <laughs> Um, what else goes on? Yeah, bunch of comedy shows, bunch of wrestling shows, but there uh, it happens all the time. Okay, cool. So, like, when we post this next week, I'll just hit you up and see what you got going on that week. Yeah, well, if yeah. you just put my social media or whatever, you'll yeah, see yeah. my my upcoming whatever. I usually cut promos insulting my opponents, so that should be able to sell you on the program. <laughs> Fuck yeah, yeah. And then, of course, nice. I'd be remiss if I did not mention that every Sunday morning I make coffee in my underwear. Uh, on YouTube. Yeah, you interview like some legends I've seen on the show. And, yeah, yeah, like Billy Gunn, who's not crazy about being on it. David's been on four times, uh, much to my dismay. But then I, I, most of the time I do it by myself and I go live and I just talk to people who are watching. Yeah, yeah. So it's very... Uh, it's great. Mr. Rogers. <laughs> very romper room. Is anyone old enough to remember? I remember romper room. I see David. I see Michelle. So it's that kind of vibe. <laughs> But uh, I a mean, little creepier. Underwear, yeah. A little creepier. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. And uh, anything you guys want to say before we wrap this up? Uh, Pat, what do you got going on? Oh, I got nothing. <laughs> good, good. But the important thing yeah, is that Pat is, right is more than capable of fulfilling any of your needs. So that, sell yourself. That's right. Yeah. He's a uh, I don't know, producer. Is that fair? Yeah, I guess. Director. Yeah. Director, producer, writer. writer. Pretty good at doing nothing as well. Which is like great. great. Yeah. But sometimes you don't want people to do stuff. Some people are just dying to assert themselves and be like, look what I did. Sometimes the best job is to do nothing. Because sometimes nothing is needed. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, baby. We're on so, permanent vacation. When I think of nothing, I think of Pat. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you for having us, John. Yeah, thanks for a great episode, guys. It's a pleasure. Hey, guys. Hope you enjoyed that one. And like at the end of every episode we're gonna end this with a song and after the recording of this episode me and pat went up the street for a beer and he told me about this artist roki erickson kind of got like a classic rock vibe some of the songs are folk and they all got like these spooky lyrics about demons and ghosts and vampires and zombies and it's a lot of fucking fun and i have been listening to this all week So thank you, Pat, for the new music in my ears. And I'm going to pass on these vibes to you guys. And this song is Roki Erickson's Two-Headed Dog. Girth Radio.